This is the Illinois Valley Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at ivypod.com. We have an email, mail at ivypod.com. And we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we got some sponsors. Bruce and Ollie's out of Utica, Illinois, Union Hall with Star Arcade in LaSalle, Illinois, and Mr. Sparkle Auto Spa in Peru, Illinois. Let's begin episode 99 of the IV Podcast. Hi, Clayton. Hi, John. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Spooky, everybody, because we had some audio issues. So today we've got a special guest, Dan Klefstad, NPR morning host and author, is on the show. He's going to be coming on here in just a few minutes. But we we actually recorded the interview this morning, Sunday, October 3rd. And Clayton and I, we were, we were all geared up to interview Dan and... Uh, uh, Clayton's computer caused some issues and uh, yeah, sorry Lord. about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it was the uh, yeah the iOS update thing got me. I didn't. I, I have an old Mac and it it needs. I can't update it anymore and it doesn't like the new Skype and I had to go find the old one and by the time I was doing done doing that it was already past go time. So sorry, John. I left him hanging, but he's a professional. He got it done. And I'm I sure think it's, yes, it's very good. fun. I was very, and, and people, I don't know if people would know my voice well enough to be able to tell, but I was extremely nervous in the beginning of this, of the uh, interview, uh, but it got better as it went along. So it was very interesting. I really enjoyed, uh, well, you'll see, uh, it's, it's, it's good. He talks about his book, got to hear some interesting NPR talk too. But yeah, I was a little starstruck just because I listened to him like every morning on NPR on my drive to work for, yeah, he's the morning host. But uh, you, yeah, you I wish you could have been on the, Insider NPR hot yes, talk. Yes, yes, and hey, this is just the first one. He's he's coming back. So is he cool? Yeah. So um, I guess before we jump into the interview, let's just give a. We're gonna do a quick shout out. We're gonna do things a little bit different this week. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Mr. Sparkle Auto Spa in Peru, Illinois. Go check them out for a three dollar car wash. You can get more than that, but it's it's always a good time to go to Mr. Sparkle. So uh, check them out. Uh, well, we also have got Union Hall with Star Arcade. This is, um, I think, last time I mentioned they were opening up this past week, but uh, a couple couple issues popped up, so the the official launch has been delayed, and we were we're gonna have to postpone our our free stuff giveaway that we were gonna go do down there. So more to come on Union Hall, but that is coming. It's uh, gonna be a uh, bar and slot parlor and then there's actually going to be uh all ages games as well coming soon so more more to come on them and then last one is bruce and ollie's in utica lovely downtown utica illinois go on down they've got craft beer craft coffee mm-hmm. ice cream you name it if Jelly you're in sandwiches Star- salads yeah so if you're in if you're in utica checking out starve rock make sure you hit them up but um i don't know is uh what do you think clayton Anything you want to talk about quick, or should we just jump into this? I think you should jump into it. I think it, I'm looking forward to hearing your interview, and uh, I think it's going to be awesome. So, Okay. Yeah, right. Enjoy the show, everyone. All right. We'll see you. Here comes the uh, interview with Dan Clefstad.
Hello, everybody. I, I just mentioned we've got a very, very special guest today, Dan Klefstad from NPR WNIJ author. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hey, John. It's good to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. Uh, and if uh, my guests or listeners to the show might sound uh, might be like, John sounds weird. It's because I'm very nervous at the moment because I listen to Dan uh, like Ah, <laughs> I listened to Dan like uh, on NPR. So locally here in LaSalle, Peru area, uh, 91.3 is our is our station. So um, I listen often every morning, usually on my drive to work. So now to actually be here engaging with you is is a little uh, is a little scary. So <laughs> well, let me say thanks for uh, being there uh, in the mornings with me uh, when I'm on the air. It's uh, it's good to know that someone's listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the curious thing. I always wonder how you guys gauge that because, you know, at least with like a podcast, we can monitor our hits, but you're just right. Is there other than Uh, like, is there anything flying? We're flying blind, man. I mean, we, (laughs) we, we do subscribe to Nielsen ratings, but it's hard to measure uh, the, uh, the, the area that we cover a listing, but we do have, we are able to measure hits on our website, that sort of thing, downloads of the app, uh, that, that sort of thing. But really when it comes to the actual radio broadcast, we just hope someone's listening. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, then I, maybe you get a little feedback just by how uh, generous people can be. You just finished up uh, your week, right? We did. Big fundraising yeah. drive. We had a big fundraising drive that ended Friday. And yeah, we raised quite a bit of money. We um, we are able to continue broadcasting NPR programs for the next year or so, paying the electric bill, all that sort of thing. I think they'll be able to pay me, uh, which would be that's, nice. <laughs> that's always nice. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Is that something you look forward to, or is that is that the week? Do you dread that week? Is that kind of hard to do? To it's a little different because we're not, you know, anything that uh, takes you out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, every morning uh, during a, a typical broadcast, I, I do the news, I, I tell you what's coming up uh, in a, on the program, do the weather, but with the fundraising, it, it is the clock is a lot different in the hour, uh, and uh, I'm basically pulling NPR segments, stories, and airing them in my own, in the order that I can fit them in in the hour. So we can build fundraising pitches around that. And it's very uh, intense. But with uh, with the guests that come in, so quite often it was Susan Stevens, our All Things Considered host, or Jenna Dooley, our news director, or some other people coming in. Uh, there's a lot of improvis- improvisation. It's sure. uh, very, that gets, that's the exciting part. Um, you okay. can just create radio as it's happening. It's not scripted or anything, you know? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, great. Well, I, uh, before we go into the book, let's let's talk a little bit about your, your background and, you know, like, where you're from originally. I know you've been now up in the, the studio is in, is it in Rockford or DeKalb? Uh, it's in DeKalb. Uh, it's, at the, it's at the edge of Northern Illinois University. Uh, NIU owns our license. Okay. Uh, and also the license for our classical station, WNIU. So, um, and I've been there, you know, WNIJ is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. And I have been there since 1991, since the oh. beginning. I was a part-timer back then, but I, I, a couple of years later, I was a full-time uh, member of the staff, and uh, I've been hosting Morning Edition now for 24 years. Jeez. Have you been an Illinois resident your whole life? Virtually my entire life. I spent six my first six months, I think. Uh, I was in Binghamton, New York. That's where my uh, dad was working at the time. So, But then we moved to Illinois shortly after that. Okay, okay. And then so what drew you to uh, being a voice on the radio? How did that all start? 
You know, I answered an ad in the Northern Star student newspaper. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was a student at NIU. Uh, so this was in 1990 or 91. Uh, and it was just, actually, it was 1990. It was one station at the time, WNIU. And they had a mix of classical jazz and news programming. And uh, somebody said, we need a jazz host on Tuesday nights. And I said, oh, I like jazz. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, apply. And uh, I got the job. Pretty soon I was doing jazz every weeknight. And then shortly after that, WNIJ split off and went on the air, the NPR okay. news station. And we had jazz during the middays and the evenings at the time. So that's how, um, so I've been around even longer than WNIJ has been. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to come back to the NPR because I got plenty of questions. I listened to uh, a lot of NPR podcasts and uh, a lot of programming. So uh, I'm going to pepper you with some questions on that. Just kind of sure. curious, curious about that. But I, I do, you know, one year ago, right before we went on one of our I, our hiatuses, because we, we tend to go on a lot of hiatuses. That's one thing we're very consistent at with our <laughs> podcasts is we'll, we'll get on a roll. We'll, we'll crank out a few podcasts and then something happens. Life gets in the way and, and we go off the air. It happens every time. Last year, I don't know this thing called pandemic covid pandemic happened mm -hmm. uh that that was a bummer obviously and uh <laughs> and once the remote schooling hit uh it sucked the soul out of me and and uh that the podcast went downhill so but before that happened i knew that you had you had released your book or you were getting ready to release your book right last year uh yeah Fiona's guardians so and today's we're recording this on october 3rd and it's uh, this is the bookversary, if you will. The, this weekend is the bookversary. Oh. So it's been out, it came out one year ago, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, the, the novel is oddly enough, it's a vampire novel, which I've never written before. Oh. But it, it's called Fiona's Guardians, and it's the ratings have been really good. I was uh, actually really impressed with the reviews uh, that have uh, been out uh, on Goodreads and on Amazon. Uh, the Chicago Writers Association gave me a glowing review, uh, and so I was really encouraged to start writing the sequel <laughs> to Ooh, this book. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was been very uh, encouraged by the response from uh, the reading public about this. Okay. Well, I'm so I, I I apologize. I have not read the book yet. I've just read the okay. synopsises, and mm -hmm. uh, and and I will actually. Um, you had sent me a link uh, or a, a WAV file. Um, uh, that I yeah, will tack on to the end of this episode so people can get a taste of of the book itself. Because could you explain that a little bit? Because I know the book's been out now for a year, but coming up here, there's going to be an audio uh, uh, podcast version of it. This is really interesting. Um, and this does not happen to many writers that I know and has never happened to me before. Uh, a professional theater company, Artists Ensemble Theater, adapted my novel for okay. their mis Mysterious Journey podcast. So they brought professional actors in, I think uh, six or seven actors, including Chicago star Cassina Rather. Interestingly enough, because she plays the vampire Fiona in, in oh, this. okay. And, uh, and she's fabulous. Uh, she's really good. She's uh, doing all sorts of work in the Chicago area. And at, at any rate, these actors did this podcast. And uh, the teaser that, I'm, that you're going to share at the end of the, uh, is what I have right now. I have not heard the full thing yet. Uh, oh, but okay. it, they will release it. Artists Ensemble Theater will release it on their website October 12th. And I am excited. I am stoked because I've never heard professional actors read my words before. And uh, just from the teaser, the two and a half minute teaser that I shared with you, you can tell these these guys are good. Okay. They're really good. <laughs> awesome. That's that's exciting. And how you you mentioned you'll be able to get it on their website. Will that be? Will you have to pay for that, or will that? Oh be... no, it's free. 
It'll be oh, up wow. there free always. This is what they do as part of their Mysterious Journey podcast. You were talking about how the pandemic affected your life, uh, but it also affected actors, working actors, theater okay, companies sure. who could no longer perform in front of <laughs> the public. So uh, these actors, like many, uh, got together and said, well, let's do a, an audio podcast version, a radio theater, if you will, theater of the mind kind of thing. Right. Uh, Kind of harks back to those old radio shows of the 1930s, 40s, etc. And it's really cool. I love it. And they use sound effects, and they use music, and they they mix it all together. And it's a it's a really exciting production. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Well, yeah. So that's that's probably going to be the way that I I tune in for the whole show is I'm going to wait for that podcast. Uh, I wish I. Ah, sad. I, I always have these books and I have them like stacked up like, oh, I'm going to read that book. And then I, for whatever reason, I, it just doesn't happen. But now an audio Same. version, yeah, audio <laughs> version, uh, that I can handle. I got a 40 minute commute every day, well, one way to work. So that's my time to listen to audio books or podcasts or, or NPR. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So without spoiling too much, you, uh, I love the, this one line that's about the book it's uh where did i see that on uh, bear with me a second the, the the teaser for the line yeah this is the log line for the book that basically i came up with as sort of a, as, a, as a little thumbnail that that's if i were to pitch this to a hollywood executive this is my these, this is how i would open with it and that would be uh, when a vampire seduces you death is a minute death is minutes away when she hires you you'll soon wish you were dead that's perfect. That's awesome. That's my elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. So I, yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to, without spoiling anything, I, I kind of wanted to get a feel for, there's so many kind of vampire genres, like vampire in itself is it's, is just, it breaks off into a variety of things. Like there's the blade series, the underworld right. series, and then you get more of the classics to me, like the, the interview to me, a classic would be like interview of a vampire with uh with brad pitt and then uh the right, Bram, yeah. Bram stoker's dracula and all those classics from like the late 80s um does this or then the more recently like the twilight work it's really romantic and, and like the love story mm-hmm. without reading this the book yet as i kind of read through the description i almost got like a feeling of of like a, like a, it had a sort of sexy nature to it and like there's going to be romance maybe romance but uh, yeah, mystery. I, I don't know how would you describe that. There will be a lot of attraction. Um, one of the things that Fiona, this uh, beautiful, manipulative vampire who has very specific needs, uh, she is in the business of surviving. That is the thing. She's been around for 250 years. And for the last hundred years or so, she got the idea of hiring humans to do her dirty work. They started out as a, a big guy who would just subdue victims, bring them to her, take them away and bury them. And then uh, with as blood donation became a thing in the 1920s, 30s, thereabouts, she hired people to hire other people in hospitals and blood banks to supply, you know, to steal blood and sell them to uh, her designated uh, guardian. Daniel is uh, the current guardian. She's had many over the uh, other years. And so there's this network of people who are not everybody knows who they're feeding, but they're they're stealing blood. They're selling it to Daniel. Daniel then brings it to to Fiona. And that's how she, she can avoid murdering people and have homicide police coming to her door, which is the last thing she needs. That's see so. that that's such an attractive idea. I mean, because it sounds almost if this was actually a real life if this existed if the vampires existed that actually sounds like a real life scenario like how this would play out like so many of the 
vampire stories are just pure fantasy and just wild, right. wild uh, stories. But this seems like grounded almost in reality. It is. And I really wanted to make this story relatable to just everyday people, you know, who are picking up, who have a job. And, uh, you know, they might say, hmm, sometimes my job feels like this. <laughs> I'm, yeah. feeding, I'm feeding the beast, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> every day. And so uh, I, I, I kind of had hoped because I'm, I, you could look at the vampires in this story as a, a metaphor for all sorts of things. I, I do kind of hope that when the reader finishes my book, they ask themselves, who's my vampire? Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So do you think that, well, now you got me thinking, well, who's mine? Well, yeah, ah. I'm not going to say who's mine. It's vampire. working. Gonna, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say on the air. No. <laughs> uh, age appropriateness. Do you think it was more of like an adult? Uh, I would say rated HBO. Uh, definitely. Okay. There's, uh, there is violence. Uh, there is uh, sex. There is, um, there's everything you would encounter, uh, mature content, say, in an HBO uh, uh, show. Okay. Okay. I think I might have mentioned in our doc here is like my first exposure to vampires, I believe, was probably Dracula from Monster Squad. Okay. <laughs> was like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Which was a pretty awesome I, that movie. A lot of aspects watching that recently. A lot of aspects of that movie do not hold up uh, in the in the current climate. But there are still some pretty kind of terrifying elements to that movie. And, and usually him because he was the main bad guy in that in that movie. And he well, obviously, he always is, although in more current vampire movies you do see where they try to make you feel a little bad for the vampires too which right so, they, but, they make them sympathetic a little more uh, in in recent years yeah yes uh, with a great example would be that you mentioned brad pitt's uh, character louis in interview with the vampire uh brad pitt of course plays that character uh really well uh sort of he, he you know he's hesitant about killing people doesn't want to do this but he, he is what he is and he can't help it and he hates who he is but he, then the whole book is to kind of figuring out how to accept being what he is within certain constraints, you know. This is cool. I, I'm looking forward to listening, tuning into this podcast uh, that's coming out. You said that's October 12th. That'll be coming out again. Uh, it drops October 12th, and it'll be available again on the uh, Artist Ensemble Theater website, and I believe wherever you get your podcasts. It's part of their Mysterious Journey uh, podcast. Okay, check that out, everybody. And before we kind of transition to a little bit of NPR talk, you. You mentioned you're going to actually be here. So we we broadcast here for the local Illinois Valley, Starve Rock, greater Starve Rock area and the towns surrounding it. And that's kind of our our niche. And um, you're going to be here. You're going to be in Ottawa, right? That's right. On Saturday, the 16th of October, I'm going to be participating in the Lit Fest, Literary Fest in Washington Park, downtown Ottawa. Uh, this is uh, a whole bunch of authors are going to be there and we'll be signing our works. And, you know, I, there may be a chance for us to read uh, our work as well. Prairie Fox Books in Ottawa is one of the sponsors. And I believe the other one is the Reddick Library there. So okay. um, October 16th, we'll be there in Washington Park. Oh, so cool. All right. So if you're tuning in, listening to this now, get on down to Ottawa and meet Dan in person. That'll be that'll be I'm I'm hoping I can get over there. Absolutely. So we can, oh, we can that'd be great to see you. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, so awesome. OK, well, let's talk a little NPR. So I, I had I was, this is funny. I was I said something because I was so pumped. I've been pumped for a week all week. I've been telling everybody you won't believe who we're having on the podcast. And uh, I said, it's a, he's on NPR. And, and one of my relatives was like, what's NPR? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What's NPR? So, OK, in case people are not familiar, NPR is National Public Radio. Uh, it's uh, and it's and, and, and for locally, it, it's 
WNIJ, which I, I was going through the history on this. This is interesting. And WNIU started 1954. Then 1967 is when Lyndon B. Johnson signed law for public broadcasting. Mm -hmm. uh, 1971, WNIU charter member became a charter member for NPR, National Public Radio. Uh, one of the first shows, I believe, was All Things Considered. That was their first major program, yeah, All Things Considered. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, 79, 1979, Second Service was started, and they changed locations to Lindenwood. Uh, well, we moved our transmitter. Yeah, we moved our transmitter to Lindenwood, uh, which is um, how do I? Say, it's between DeKalb and Rockford, uh, and it's uh, it's basically allowed us to push our signal further toward uh, the Rockford urban area and the uh, the smaller cities a little bit north of that. Okay, okay, and then so 1991, I mentioned it before. That's when WNIJ formed. Uh, WNIU became all classical. WNIJ provided news, jazz, and entertainment. And then 1997, WNIJ became news talk station with jazz in the evening. And 1990, 1998, Northern Public Radio became a network with the repeater stations, which is why we here in the local Illinois Valley get to listen to you. So That's right. Yeah, we have a repeater in LaSalle, one in Freeport, and another one in Sterling, Rock Falls, Dixon, right around there. Okay. So... We talked a little bit how you got started. I, I wanted to ask you kind of like, what's what's a typical day for you? Like, how early do you have to get started? Oh, I get to work at four uh, in the morning. I'm the morning host uh, there. So right. uh, what I do is I uh, slowly kind of you know, amble in and try to wake up, <laughs> brew some coffee and check my emails. And then at 4.30, I get on the phone with my producer. Since COVID, we wanted to keep a, a, as few people as possible in the building. So if you're the type of person who can do your work remotely, do the work remotely. And this includes all of our reporters. They're working out of, uh, you know, one of our education reporter has a blanket fort in his home. <laughs> he oh, records funny. all of his stories. Uh, they do go out into the community, of course, with their mics and they're, they're masked up and everything. But they produce all their stuff at home. My morning producer, Claire Buchanan, uh, she uh, is there at 4.30 on the phone with me, and we go through every line of news copy together because I want to make sure – here it is again, a, a lesson, I guess you could say, in writing. Um, writing is kind of the theme of my life. We go through, and I want to create copy that you, the listener, can hear very clearly right for the subject or the verb or the object. You know, No long dependent clauses. I want to get right to the meat of the story. And then, and then uh, of course, this is easier for me to – say there i can do i can say the words a sentence in one breath you know? right right but uh, but definitely i want you uh the listener who's probably multitasking you might have kids that you're trying to get off to school you've got you know you're cooking breakfast you're you're you know maybe having a, an important conversation with a, a significant other and the radio's in the background and you want to be able to hear that information without clutter without words that are just not necessary <laughs> cluttering okay. up the important message and so that's what claire and i do we go through every word of copy until wow. i get uh these uh these newscasts down until they're uh not only factually correct but uh, easy to, to digest for a person multitasking that and makes then, sense that really comes yeah. across I, I i guess now that you explain it like that i never really put two and two together but it is yeah it's a very clean broadcast it 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 does it, it's very effective in that and that's why i like to tune in because especially with the local news and, and then you branch off to more national news but it, uh, it is very succinct and gets the point across mm -hmm. yeah yeah and with two pairs of eyes on the copy if you, you know we're working on a shared doc claire and i can also look at something that might seem hinky and say you know, this doesn't make sense we need to check this 
And so that gives us another opportunity to check a fact to make sure that we're giving you know the readers the uh, the listeners uh, you know good information. You know. So it's it seems like it's it's harder. The news, you know, we talk a lot on our podcast about support your local newspapers. You know, they're struggling. Go ahead and get a get a subscription, even if it's the online only. And more and more now, it seems like so much news is being transferred through social media. And a lot of times, I know, like locally here, there's a lot of blogs that it, people are sharing news stories, but a lot of opinion and a lot of yeah. bad information gets mixed into there. So how do you guys sort through? Is it everything coming from your reporters or how do you filter? We have, yeah, we have uh, uh, in our own house, we've got, uh, I think, six reporters plus a couple of editors uh, checking the information. Uh, We also have NPR partner newsrooms, partner newsrooms at NPR stations throughout Illinois who feed us stories. So Urbana, Normal Illinois, uh, Peoria, Chicago, the Carbondale, they're all contributing stories and we do the same. We share our stories with them, but they all go through an editing process. Uh, basically the idea is to, you know, this is one of the success models I think of public radio is that it is collaborative. Uh, we're not competing with, uh, you know, with each other. We're trying to help each other out uh, because it is mission oriented. We're not for profit. Nobody's getting rich in public radio, you know? Right. So we're sure. just trying, we have just this mission of providing you fact-based journalism that is in depth as possible. Uh, and, um, you know, this is different a lot in in many cases what you find in other media and um, many many communities you may have noticed uh, I think you kind of you referenced this a moment ago it's getting harder to find reliable sources of professional journalism right um, and uh, so what you see across the country is a proliferation of news deserts where you don't have professional journalists who are out there collecting information you know subjecting it to edits to to really make sure that the information is a a fact checked but also be you know a good clean copy so what I, I, what we've seen with public radio in particular is uh, that we're swimming against the school we can raise money to support journalism unfortunately most of or a lot of the commercial tv radio and uh, newspapers uh, in, you know that are serving communities that have served communities for decades are getting cut Their funding is getting cut. Their newsrooms are being reduced because they view and their stakeholders, uh, you know, corporate stakeholders are viewing that it is not profitable to have a news service that is fully outfitted. A decent number of reporters and a decent number of editors uh, who can uh, serve their community by giving them good by giving good information. Right. That's that's so frustrating. And I talked to a lot of people about this very same topic where it's it's harder and harder to find a uh, non-biased news and I'm, I'm always asking people where where do you go to get news that's just not biased i feel like npr is probably your best bet um when it i comes would say to- so yeah i would say so too now we are accused occasionally some people accuse us of having a bias because we are quote-unquote mainstream media and so there will be people out there who will say uh, no no you're biased you guys are liberal or Progressives might say, you're too conservative or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I like to think that we are shooting straight down the middle. Basically, here's what I'm going to tell you. Every reporter and every editor comes to work with a bias. They're bringing their own experience and their own beliefs to, to, to work. Our job as professionals is to hang that up at the door when we walk in and just try to focus on the facts. 
And people will occasionally call us up and say, you know what, I think maybe the story was not, you know, complete. You probably should, you know, have done a better job of getting a, a better source here. Well, we'll respond to that and we'll say, okay, okay. you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll own it if we make a mistake uh, and say, you know what, we didn't have, you know, some stuff got out in this report. It doesn't happen very often, hardly, you know, but, uh, you know, if we make a mistake and something, something, a story is incomplete or maybe feels like it really is biased, we'll own it, say, you know what, we're now going to talk to someone else who has a different view and bring them on the air and, you know, and sort of make the story complete. Um, so, you know, and it, you know, it it is notable that NPR has a public editor an ombudsman, you know, who, uh, is whose job it is to take these kind of complaints, uh, and then sort through, okay, how did we do on this coverage? And then they'll do a, an autopsy, if you will, on a story and say, here's where we got it right. Here's where we could have done a better job. And then, and they'll put it out there. Right. So uh, that's, I think, something that uh, uh, is so unusual in today's oh, media landscape. That's it's awesome to hear that it's that thorough. And I, and it comes through. I mentioned before, it does. I think it comes through uh, the work you're doing. I do, uh, as a listener, I do appreciate the hard work you guys are doing. I think it's a great program. I think NPR just in general, especially I'm biased as that I enjoy the morning show. I, I like the, your tone. I like the... Uh, it feels more like when you listen to some of the NPR national shows, you know, what they're covering obviously sometimes just doesn't connect with me in Illinois, central Illinois guy. Uh, whereas I feel like what, what you talk about on, on your show, sometimes it's, it's closer to home. I could tell that you guys are, you know, here in Illinois and are talking about issues that matter to, uh, to Illinoisans or however you want to say it. So, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's our goal to make it, you know, I think what you see is that uh, when we're, we're doing a report, it tends to lean toward more topical, you know, it, you know, a story about healthcare or a story about, uh, you know, a fight against a pandemic or a story about infrastructure spending uh, or education. Uh, these, you know, are going to interest everybody <laughs> in the right. listening area, you know, and so that's the important thing you got. You want to if you stick to more of a, an important, you know, kitchen table topic, you're going to have more people, even though they're scattered all over the listening area, uh, they're going right. to be interested. I've been uh, just with our show. I mean, I'm I'm always trying to shoot down the middle and you know, with with and and avoid certain things and and especially now more than ever that was one of the things that I I was struggling with when we were on our most recent break uh just with a lot of the chaos that was on social media and I was kind of scared I didn't know what to we could talk about on our podcast without making somebody upset because my views are kind of all over the place so I figured oh man if I start saying too much I'm going to make everybody mad and nobody's going to everybody's going to tune out so it's it's tricky it is. And here, I think, is where I think a reporter can make a difference. You know, professional reporters are all trained to listen. And, um, you know, during times when the air is just so charged, politically, uh, you know, charged, and we're in that one of those moments still, I think, uh, you know, sometimes it's best for a reporter to kind of pivot and say, or a new or host of a talk show. And you can you can pivot and say, all right, now it's time to listen. What's really going on here? What are people really concerned about? And are these fears uh, something that can be addressed in a different way, maybe through a, a policy change or something? You know, uh, right. I think that that's uh, I think you can get a lot more people to kind of gather around and say, all right, we've shared, we'll share our opinions and now we're going to have to try to, you know, how can we get through this together as a community or as a oh. nation, you know? 
Right. Um, yeah. I think it can start with opening up a conversation and saying, you know, hey, our microphones are open. Talk to us. What are you, what are you really concerned about? Well, yeah, and, and I uh, I applaud you for uh, for putting the information out there and doing your best. I, I again I mentioned it before. I really do think you you have a great show and do enjoy listening to your your voice. You've got a nice calming voice when I, <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so, I, is there any um, have you ever branch considered branching out? I mean, NPR has got so many podcasts now. Um, oh gosh, yeah. I, I mean, jeez, yeah. there's uh, I mean, my personal. I listen to a lot of Planet Money, um, yeah. Doulas, uh, Morning Edition, All Things Considered, definitely. Um, but yeah, Planet Money is probably one of my. I don't think. I thought at one time Freakonomics was a part of it, um, but yeah, that was a uh, marketplace, uh, which is a different provider, uh, APM. But it's uh, we carry marketplace as well. So it's it's public radio. It's not necessarily NPR, but they have their they had their Freakonomics podcast for a long time. They may still. But what is interesting is that over the years. In the, in the last few years, we've seen individual stations start creating more and more of their own podcasts. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colorado Public Radio, a uh, few few years back, when that state was considering um, uh, legalizing mar- recreational marijuana. And then shortly after they did, they had a podcast uh, out there uh, called uh, On Something. It was all about, uh, you know, what it was like to uh, go into, okay, I'm your host. I'm going into a pot shop now for the first time (laughs) to buy, you know, this kind of, you know, this, they had podcasts that were so interesting and well done. Uh, We at WNIJ have also originated podcasts, uh, Teacher's Lounge, which is all about stories of educating educators and their uh, stories, including students. We've got Poetically Yours, uh, which is about uh, poetic lyrical responses to challenges in the community. Uh, and and uh, let's see, we have Under Rocks, which ex- explores uh, odd things throughout the uh, throughout Northern Illinois that you didn't okay. know about. And uh, I know we have some other ones uh, as well that we we either paused or kept on. But the three that we got going right now, uh, Under Rocks, Teachers Lounge, and Poetically Yours, are gaining lots of uh, attention. We have another one called This Week in Illinois History as well, a weekly podcast. So we're able oh, to, I- yeah. Yeah, I we're able to check that just, one out. I've just from our own experience doing our podcast, it seems like our most popular shows are usually the historical ones. So we, we try to do that as uh-huh. much as we could. Like our last episode on Clyde Tombaugh we, from Streeter, Illinois. That's yeah. That's a, that was an interesting one to do, just because who would have known from right, you know, not too far away, right? Street, little Streeter, Illinois. It, it, the guy who discovered Pluto and much, much more. So people are yeah. surprised to hear those types of facts. And then, then the history of the mob in the area and everything else, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a deep history, <laughs> oh. surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, I was just scanning through some of these podcasts, the tiny desk concerts. Those are fun. Yeah, there was are. one, OK Go did, a, did one that was, they always do the most creative videos anyway. And that was probably one of my favorite tiny desk concerts. Those are always a good time. Um, are there any, so as a NPR person, do you, do you guys get together with other NPR hosts? Do you ever kind of, I know you mentioned you were a fan. I'm just off air. We, you had mentioned that you were a fan of NPR and podcasts in general. Do you, you kind of nerd out when you uh, meet some of these people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, pre-pandemic, it was a lot easier to get together, uh, although we've had virtual conferences. But we used to have, you know, in the before times, uh, we had uh, uh, annual conferences, public radio conferences, where uh, we, we staff would go to, 
uh, well, we're meeting in Minneapolis this year, and we're going to see attend workshops, look at the latest audience research, and by the way, we get to meet. There's going to be a party, an after hours party with uh, Terry Gross or Ira Glass. Uh, sure. You know, and those are always they're always great to meet. Uh, we have brought uh, Terry Gross to uh, DeKalb and Rockford. Uh, let's see, Scott Simon, the host of Weekend Edition Saturday. We brought him in town. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. We actually did a broadcast oh. of that uh, a few years back. Uh, from Rockford's Coronado uh, Performing Arts Center. They actually did a broadcast there uh, of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the very popular NPR quiz show. So we had uh, folks even come to our listening area occasionally, and uh, that's always exciting. And that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to when this thing, this pandemic ends oh. and we're able to move on. So Oh, can't wait. Oh, mm-hmm. Feels like we're close. Feels yeah. like it. Yeah. 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 So before the interview started that Clayton couldn't, Come on, we Skype problems, of course, uh, but I know we always do towards the end of our show, we always do like thing of the week that you're listening to. What podcast are you listening to right now? Is there any shows that you're listening to, whether it be NPR or, or beyond that, that you're kind of what's caught your attention these days? What are you listening to? I, I really love listening to Under Rocks right now. That's one I'm listening to a lot. It's just these odd little things that happen in northern Illinois that you wouldn't expect to see. It might be a, uh, a grotto with the Virgin Mary in, in, a, in Ogle County. And who built this and why? You know, or it might be, you know, ice fishing in, in Wisconsin at a secret little place in southern Wisconsin that no, you know, that, that the, the authors don't want you to know about. <laughs> oh, right. Tell you a story about it, you know. Uh, just little <laughs> odd stuff like that. Pure I just fishermen. really love. Your fishermen always like that. Yeah. They're so secretive about everything. I, I swear. Oh, yeah. 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 Same thing with morel mushroom hunters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Of and of course, in Illinois, we have a fruit called the pawpaw. We just recently had an episode about that. That I uh, that was fun. I don't know if you know about the pawpaw. It's, I uh, don't. I mean, I know about the town, but not the it, not the fruit. It's an oddly it's a tropical fruit that somehow got planted in the Midwest and grows in the Midwest. And I think we're just now ending pawpaw season, but it's a, uh, an odd fruit that has sort of a, like a citrusy, lemony kind of banana kind of flavor that uh, the town of Pawpaw, Illinois, uh, not too far from where I'm speaking to you uh, from, is uh, is named after the fruit, actually. So I did not know that. I mean, yeah, yeah I drive by. Actually, Pawpaw is kind of almost in between where you are and I am. It's almost yeah. sort of in the middle of us. So, oh, wow, I just kind of blew my mind. And now I'm going to have to look into that. I, so that was mm-hmm. Under the Rocks. Under Rocks, I believe that is our most recent episode, uh, which you can find at WNIJ.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Perfect. Okay. Well, uh, we kind of start closing things out here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I know uh, I've uh, managed to get – I've got a house of of six, and and somehow I've maintained (laughs) – we've been talking for about 38 minutes, and somehow I've not heard anything break uh, screaming, dogs barking. I don't know how we pulled this off. I but, don't know. Uh, what, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you give them all like a, a tranquilizer or something? <laughs> I, told, I told them, you got to get off the streaming devices. We got, I need bandwidth and mm-hmm. let's just take the kids to the park. And then my son's like, uh, well, it's starting to rain dad. And I'm like, uh, it's not raining that hard. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you one more thing is because I'm sure, and this is maybe too big of a question to ask that. I don't know if something would stand out to you, but is there, is there anything like memorable, like something wild, crazy, fun that had happened in the studio that it's just you still to this day, it's just uh, you think about it a lot. I mean, it seems like you yeah. have a lot of experiences. This is really odd. And um, 
So uh, the WNIJ studios are in the former Palmer Music Building in DeKalb, uh, and they're now that that building is now owned by NIU. And it's next to the Kishwaukee River, which I believe is uh, one of the tributaries to the Illinois River, uh, I believe. Uh, So uh, one year, uh, this is back, I think, in the mid 90s, the the river flooded and and we're in the basement. We broadcast from the basement and the basement started filling up with water. So. There was a moment when I was broadcasting. I'm wearing headphones. I am sitting at, a, standing at a control board. All sorts of electronics around me, and suddenly I could see. I mean, two <laughs> or three inches of water, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I could keep talking, or I could just throw it to the network and get out and not get electrocuted. <laughs> right. Oh wow. So what did you do? Well, I got. I, I did find a way to. I stayed as long as I could to connect to meet the network post. Okay, the network is, uh, program's going to start, and so I, I the local portion would end, uh, and I <laughs> stayed just long enough to be able to do that. Whipped off the headphones and just <laughs> booked out of there like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> now, since then, uh, they uh, raised the levee uh, a little bit next to the river, and so uh, it's. Uh, we haven't had that uh, happen since I believe 1995 thereabouts. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, but, uh, no, that's a great oh. story. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on and, and and talking to me. And again, I I, I apologize. Uh, Clayton couldn't be on here with us. Oh, that's all right. Uh, but uh, it's just gonna have to sit. Well, this this head happens. You know, technical problems. But I do. Um, before we kind of you know say our goodbyes, I would like you to just plug away on all social media that you're on. Um, I know you. And and just to go over again, like uh, the events you have coming up. Uh, one more time so everybody knows where to find you. Sure, yeah. October 16th, Saturday, you'll find me at the Lit, Lit Fest uh, in Ottawa and Washington Park, beautiful downtown area. Uh, I'll be there with a bunch of authors and we'll be uh, signing our books, etc. And hopefully the weather will be beautiful. Um, on October 12th, Artist Ensemble Theater uh, issues their adaptation of my uh, novel, Fiona's Guardians. Um, and that uh, will be available in podcast form. And um, let's see, what else am I doing in the area around here? My, my novel is for sale at um, near you. Uh, you can get it in your independent bookstore in Ottawa at Prairie okay. Fox Books. They have Perfect. copies there. So yeah, I mean, I'm in, I think, 20 independent bookshops uh, in the US and UK. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I ooh, I have a LinkedIn page. I should probably go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I have a website too, danclefstad.com. Okay, and then your book's also available on Amazon too. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, pretty much anywhere you can order it. But if if you're able to uh, go into your local bookstore, your independent bookstore, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for the indie bookstores, and and so I would always encourage you uh, to order from there if you can. Uh, and if you, uh, but if you have to have the book in in a download, uh, a Kindle download, uh, and or if you have to have that book, uh, the paperback in two days, then of yeah. course Amazon would be your would be your choice. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, thanks again for coming on. I hope we can have you on again in future. Maybe somehow we'll figure out a way to do a normal sit down. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. We've got a remote kind of studio. We can do that. So hopefully uh, we'd I'd love to have another chat with you in the future. But uh, Well, John, thank you so much for inviting me onto the Illinois Valley podcast. Well, let me know when the show goes up so I can share it across the universe. Absolutely. I, Monday, tomorrow, the 4th, it, it will be out. Right. I'll be doing my late night editing, uh, although I don't think I'll have much to do with this one. Uh, I think everything went smooth. So uh, I appreciate it again for coming on. Thanks, Dan. All right. Cheers. And uh, All right. well, I look forward to seeing you maybe in Ottawa.
Absolutely. Yeah. On the, on the 16th. Okay. okay. Take care. Same to you. Okay, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. That was a that was a blast to do. Uh, I feel bad. I wish Clayton could have joined us, but uh, maybe next time. Hopefully, we we can get our ducks in a row. Um, but odd thing is, we recorded that interview this morning, October third, ten a.m. Then Clayton and I were finally able to hook up and do the intro at about three p.m. And here we are. Uh, it's it's close to eleven o'clock, and I'm doing my late night editing. And I screwed up and somehow lost the wave file that Dan gave me to tack on to the end of this podcast, uh, the audio, the podcast version of his book, the little snippet we talked about during the interview. So I'm sorry, Dan, I screwed that up, but uh, I'm going to reconnect with Dan and probably later this week, I will release that as like an episode 99 little bonus clip uh, that'll put on our feed. So that will be coming. But for now, uh, that's going to be about it. That's going to wrap things up. And one more time, Mr. Sparkle Auto Spa in Peru, Illinois. Please go over there for a $3 car wash. Check out Bruce and Ollie's in Utica for, man, just everything that's good. Coffee, beer, sandwiches, you name it, ice cream. Check them out. And Union Hall uh, with the Star Arcade coming soon in LaSalle, Illinois on Again, uh, we uh, check us out on social media and check out Dan on social media. And, and that's about it. I'm going to go to bed. Bye, everybody.